Hi, this is Ann Cavera. Thanks for stopping by for another episode of Speeding Past 80. Today's topic is loneliness. The title is The Most Ancient Illness. St. Teresa of Calcutta believed loneliness was the greatest poverty, especially in Western culture. After all, in Genesis 2.18, loneliness was the first thing God listed that was not good. I'm no theologian, but I've always imagined the first thing Eve experienced after her unfortunate choice was a dark, indescribable loneliness. So where does that leave us today? Now we have far more ways to connect with people than some of us can begin to understand. The paradox is the more we try to connect, the more the problem of loneliness seems to spread. One website devoted to loneliness has registered millions of visitors. Podcasts like this one, where people pour out their thoughts, are expanding exponentially. It seems people everywhere want to make a connection with others anyway, anyhow. Isolation and disconnection can exist even inside the most intimate of relationships. I was once with a friend when she referred to a particular couple by saying, They are an L.A.T. couple. I didn't know what she meant, so I asked her what that was. She said, oh, you know, it's being alone together, living alone together. Hmm. When I spoke to another friend a few weeks later, I mentioned this term and told her how sad I thought that kind of life might be. I was shocked when this friend's face clouded over and she said, but that's how I feel. This friend had an active life, children, grandchildren, a good husband, a gorgeous home, I wondered with such abundance how she could possibly feel lonely. Well, it seems loneliness can hide even beneath a beautiful veneer. I do believe loneliness is the most ancient, invisible agony. Hidden in our hearts and minds, it eats away at any age. It strikes children when they're left out at school, husbands and wives who have schedules so full they have to schedule time to spend together. Military couples are split apart by wars. Elderly often live in isolation. The lack of true companionship creates a hunger nothing else can fill. In a recent shooting, the shooter left behind a note speaking to his lack of connection, lack of friends, his utter isolation. St. Augustine's famous words, Our hearts are restless, Lord, until we rest in you speaks to the deepest disconnection we can experience, the connection that makes all others possible. I am a Christian. I realize this may not be a popular life choice today. One of the reasons for this is that there are too many people with loud voices calling themselves Christians, but they are full of anger, hate, they're bent on violence, they don't resemble Christ at all. All I can tell you is that my choice to welcome the love of Christ into my heart gives me a deep sense of connection, joy, and purpose. My favorite verse of Scripture is in the first letter of John, chapter 4, verse 16. God is love. Those who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. 
When we open our hearts to this indescribable love of God, we open our hearts to a life around us. Love becomes the way we connect with others. It's the way we care about those who need a bit of kindness, a thoughtful word or deed. This doesn't mean love is easy, but that's a topic for another day. With our hearts firmly anchored in the love of Christ, loneliness becomes a rich solitude where we experience gratitude for the abundance we suddenly see everywhere. Our energy is replenished. Our hearts are renewed. Love turns us outward. When that happens, we find the friendship, laughter, and joy we longed for waiting just outside our door. Instead of L-A-T meaning living alone together, L-A-T can mean living abundantly together. You know, some of our loneliest people on the planet are middle grade kids. I think that's because they're old enough that mom and dad no longer pay much attention to them. They don't have to watch them every minute. It's assumed they can take care of themselves. In fact, we may even depend on them to take care of younger children. One year when I taught 7th graders, I noticed one boy who never made use of the time I gave him at the end of class to start on his homework. No matter how often I reminded him he needed to use that time, he found so many ways not to do any work. One day I asked him why he didn't want to get started on his work. Well, he came from a large family, and he said, Mrs. Cavera, If I go home without homework, my mom's going to make me take care of all my brothers and sisters. Homework was his way of staying a kid at home. Between now and Christmas, I'm reviewing books parents and grandparents might want to give middle grade children as gifts. Sometimes handing a good book to a child is an easier way of connecting than telling them what we think they ought to think about. Today's book is written by a writer who goes by the single name of Avi. Avi's now 84 years old, and he's written 80 books. Two of his books have won Newbery Awards, the highest honor given to children's literature. His Newbery books are The True Confessions of Charlotte Doyle and the book I'm recommending today, Crispin and the Cross of Lead. Set in the Middle Ages, Crispin is about the loneliest 13-year-old boy a middle-grade reader might ever meet. His only connection in this world is to his mother. His mother's name was Asta, and the only name he goes by is the son of Asta. The story opens with his mother's lonely burial. Asta's son does not even know his real name, which is Crispin. As if things weren't already bad enough, his life goes downhill from there. He overhears men plotting in the woods, after which his shack of a home is burned to the ground. He is named a wolf's head, which tells others he's less than human and is to be killed upon sight. Of course, he's not the orphan everyone assumes him to be, and his true identity, known only to a few, has made people in high places very nervous. So, of course, Crispin runs away. Life on the road is no better until he meets a huge man who takes him on as a traveling companion. But this man has secrets that will add to Crispin's danger. Like all true orphan stories, 
Crispin will discover his true identity. But this is just not an ordinary orphan story. It's a story about the power to make hard choices and about Crispin creating the life he needs rather than the one others expect him to want. His story gives readers a glimpse into the hardships of medieval life and of the poor who lived in those times. It also shows faith that's woven into daily life and the power of faith to be an anchor and a lifeline in troubled times. It's a good read for children ages 11 through 13. Though it's quite dark at times, courage and hope make Crispin's survival possible. Crispin, The Cross of Lead was published by Hyperion in 2002. This book won the Newbery in 2003. If loneliness is part of your life today, open your heart to love and give the love away. It may not make loneliness go away completely, but it sure helps. This is Anne Cavera, hoping you'll join me next week with another episode of Speeding Past 80.